1: Have you, uh, and let's not get rid of this entirely, because no, I, I love it too it. much. It's so good. Have you ever been surfing?
2: I would say no.
1: Yeah, I'm so, I tried
2: I, to get up on a surfboard, and it was so ridiculous. I tried like eight times, and I'm like, if I can't even do this, how am I going to possibly
1: balance? <laughs> it's another one of those things where people are like, well, how hard can it be? <laughs> I tried one time, and yeah. then I even tried just like boogie boarding on yeah, my yeah, belly. Yeah, yeah. Complete fucking disaster, yeah. man. I mean, like garbage. Did and you so, ever
2: skateboard?
1: Poorly. I, yes. I mean, I did skateboard. I was not great, but I thought, well, shit, if I
2: can skateboard, I can certainly surf.
1: So in the late 70s, when skateboarding was popular, and I was a very young man, and not a man, I was a boy, <laughs> a boy among boys, uh, my parents bought me a skateboard. They bought me one called the Black Knight, but Ooh. it was wooden. Yeah. And it wasn't like the flexi wood no, of the modern. No, just, it was like literally a two-by-four <laughs> plank with a couple of shit wheels <laughs> attached to it. And we lived in a development in Coon Rapids where the driveway went fine, fine, and then had a precipitous oh, yeah. drop at the bottom. Yeah. I went down that twice. Uh, Both times, scraping open all of the flesh on my knees and elbows. And my skateboarding career came to an abrupt end. I'm like, this is fucking garbage.
2: Mine is so, my story's so close to that. I went off a ramp at 13 years old and hit the back of my head and lost my peripheral vision (laughs) for a week. (laughs) I went to the doctor and I'm like, yeah, I'm probably done. (laughs) And all the skate kids kind of slowly, kind of... We're
1: no longer my friends. Yeah, after that, you were that close to being one of the so cool kids. Close. Anyway, I, pull, I pulled that song to kick things it's off on the Brian song. Oak Show, episode two fifty-five. Well, it's one of the all-time classic. Surfing song, so Pipeline. Good. It's been covered by everybody and done yes. by everybody. But there, the 80s punk rock band out of California, Agent Orange, who were one of the first punk rock bands to sort of bring surf back into the mix, yeah. basically giving life to everything that became the original Warp Tour before it got all emo and screamo and basically unattendable. My <laughs> God. If anybody out there feels like torturing yourself for just a couple minutes, I'm not asking for you to do self-immolation, go look up Motionless in White. On your uh, computer or handheld device, and find out just how terrible Warp Tour got. It is the Brian Oak Show. It's episode 255. I'm Brian Oak. That's Sean Bernard. Hello, Sean. How's it going? It's okay, man. Yeah. For for a Tuesday, I'm already a little into it. I slept well <laughs> last night, but good. I feel weary today. And if you can hear it in my voice, I'm not sure if it's allergies or if it's over. Maybe the cash register's closing for good. My voice is leaving me,
2: man. It just feels like you're emotional today. That's what it sounds like. You're just a little choked up. That's
1: all the other shows. I'm really not emotional today at all. Uh, Our show is being recorded here in the Smart Start MN studios. Smart Start MN, without them, we are nothing. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it's actually true, isn't it? We we couldn't be in here without them. Well, it would be kind of awkward. We'd be looking at each other going, but then I'd be like, I'd be like, Sean, you need to write a check, bro. We we can't (laughs) do this on our own. So we thank them very much. We thank all of our Patreon members. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They are the ones who were there at the very beginning. In fact, helped design the state's ignition interlock program. Here's the really basic math you drink and drive. A, you're a dummy, but if you do it and you get popped, you are going to be in trouble and there's going to be a tremendous amount of work to get done, so many hoops to jump through, so many hurdles to jump over. One of the ways to get back into your car quicker and cheaper and easier than you might otherwise think is with Smart Start MN. Yeah, it's
2: already affordable, but if you want to save even more, go, go on. to SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show. That'll save you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. System,
1: you know, for the amount of San Pellegrino we hammer down in the studio, we should really get a sponsorship. I reach out to their rep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoever you know, sparkling Italian soda is really sort of the subtitle of the Brian Oak it Show. Is. Coming up, we have a guest. You know, it's always important to cultivate the younger end of the demo, Sean, and that's why today we have today one of today's <laughs> dynamic young people joining us on the Brian Oak because Show because this
2: punching thing he's doing now, maybe yeah, you know, looks no, a little a, bit like an oldies uh, senior aerobics type of thing he was I, doing there. He's a great musician. <laughs> (laughs) He
1: has a lot of popular music. He sold out the entry before, and he just performed at the most recent Oak on the Water, and I was enamored enough that I'm like, you should really be on the show. Just ahead, we're going to talk to Colin Bracewell, but before we get to that, I got one song for you here. This song, Over the Weekend, turned 40 years old. Get your head around it. That's Came out in 1982, 40 years old. Now, I wasn't there, but Sean was, and um, (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. I'm older than you, aren't I? Oh, yeah, you got
2: me by three years, I think. Yeah. Are you 54? Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. I, don't,
2: I Did didn't know we needed May to put 13th? a fine point on it. We needed to stick a paint in it. Because I'll be 51 July 15th.
1: Here it comes. Oh, shit. Dun, 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 dun. It's over. Not, no, no, no. What I wanted to tell you was yeah. it only gets better. Like, oh, really? for, it you takes you better every day? It takes a little dip at 50, and then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa. this shit's for real. I have Man. wings. I'm always I have alert, wings, not nodding off in my chair. And a halo, <laughs> and my body feels amazing. I look good. I feel good. Anyway, uh, it's summertime, which is why I wanted to play the surfing song, and I wanted to play this because at some point here, I'm taking a vacation, and if I don't get one, everybody dies. Okay, so i uh, just kidding. Oh, what? Is that going to come up in a court of law at some point? It could. I mean, we got it recorded. Cool. Cool. Anyway, here's the Go-Go's. Vacation on The Brian Oak Show. 40 years ago, Sean. Man. Suck on that. Wow. 40 years ago. That doesn't seem right. It's the Brian Oak Show. I'm Brian Oak. That's Sean Bernard. Today, we have a very special guest in the form of a young man. He attends college. He's good looking, thin, like we all were at his young age. Desirable age, and also a very popular local musician. And although we met last year, I don't think I gained the appreciation for what he's capable of doing until I saw him perform live just last week. I think that he, here's the deal, right? Like you see certain people, you're like, oh, that person's got it. And other times you go and you're like, oh, there's music on. I'm going to talk to my friends. Colin yeah. Bracewell is our guest today, and I think Colin's got it. At 21 years of age, he's already established himself as a popular local singer-songwriter. And I don't like the comparisons, like you know, when people say, "Like, he's a little like James Blake. He's a little like Boney Vare. I, you know, I know people need to dial it in and understand yeah. what the fuck am I actually listening to. <laughs> but there's not really another Colin Bracewell, is there, Colin? That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, exactly. No, you go ahead and dive in right so. there. You're like, <laughs> that's right, motherfuckers. Okay, no, no. And, you, and you, I'm not encouraging you to say anything you don't want to say, um, but his music's been featured all over the Twin Cities on radio stations. People have heard him in droves, and you've got plenty of opportunities to see him live this summer, up to and including tonight. We'll talk about that shortly, but first of all, Colin, after all that hoopla, the unbelievable hypesterism right there. How are you doing today, man?
3: I'm, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, happy summer, happy, I mean, we're getting to like the halfway point, Oh which is so scary. Yeah, it is. Right? But, uh, yeah, I got school in September and, uh, just trying to make the most of it. So so. you're in
1: college. We'll get to that in a minute, but anytime anybody comes on the show for the first time, we have to learn a little bit about who they are and where they're from. Where are you from, Colin?
3: I'm from Windsor, Ontario, Canada.
1: Right on. So you were born and raised in Canada, yeah? I
3: was born in Canada.
1: Okay, very good. Yes. And And then then, what brought you to the States?
3: (laughs) Um, a... A
1: divorce? Gosh, oh. we're, we really just went. Yeah. Okay, wow. right there, <laughs> right <laughs> into Okay, okay. It. <laughs> I, I, I'm not really a TMZ kind of guy. I wasn't really trying to bring up the painful well, parts of your past, but there we are. And next so hour. No. let's move on. You come to Minnesota then, and where where did where did you land in Minnesota? Stillwater, Minnesota, and, oh. and you're still based there, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So good. we
3: we live on the South Hill, which is about a couple blocks from um the Stillwater Junior High. Okay. Um and then I actually changed I switched schools and I went to St. Croix Prep, which is still in Stillwater. Um but that's where I went to high school.
1: It sounds fancier.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> what a cool place to grow up, though. That's
2: gorgeous. Oh, it's over
3: there. gorgeous. Yeah. Like, especially now that, like, yes. I I got my own little fishing boat now, Ooh, and I'm just for real. You yeah. like to fish? Oh, All right, So, yeah.
1: What river is that right there? So it's the Saint Croix River. It is the Saint Croix River, and because one time long ago, I mistakenly referred to it as the Mississippi. And someone oh. came at me so hard, like, like come on. some people, fucking <laughs> idiot. Like, I'm <laughs> like, well, okay. I, look, man, it, no, nobody bats a thousand. Right, Colin? Right, nobody <laughs> bats a thousand. I'm sorry I got it wrong, so I had to verify that with you. But you grew up there, so you're growing up in Stillwater. You're obviously on a gorgeous piece of water, and you're in mm. an extremely cool city, as Sean was alluding mm-hmm. to. Did you enjoy your youth in Stillwater? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I'm not looking for painful no, stories. Yeah. I'm just wondering, in general, did you, I mean, obviously you found music at some point, you found fishing at some point, and I'm not, a, I'm not any good at fishing, but I've done it ever since I was a little kid growing up here myself. I like time on the water. Mm-hmm. I like time with friends and family. Uh, you know, if I catch a fish, cool. I'm totally cool getting the hook out. I'm totally cool handling a fish. It's when you get back to the shore and you have to clean that fucker that I do not want to deal with it. What do you like to fish for? Um,
3: well, I always get that pike, you know, yeah. like, and whether I like yeah. it or not, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, large mouth and, you know, the bass, but and, I mean, they're fun to catch, right? Oh, they are. They and, are.
1: And there is no shame in the fishing game. I have friends who are excellent at it. I have friends who like tie their own flies because they're fly fishers. Wow. You're not my jam, but I have a friend who built his own boat. So you have your own wow. boat now. You're in college still, man. It sounds like you're living a pretty good life. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You have a pretty silly. busy. Pretty busy, yeah. actually. Yeah? What else where, where is, is going Where's school? On? So, school's at the University of Minnesota, okay. Twin Cities. Heard of it? Um, yes. What are you, what are you studying? <laughs> Philosophy? I <laughs> Nope. I am studying marketing at the Carlson School of Business and vocal performance at the School of Music.
1: Wow. So That's two great. Two things. Well, and those hopefully- are, but those are both two programs at the U, because I know people in both of them are who have been affiliated with both. Neither of those programs are easy to get into, and you got into both of them.
3: Yeah, I did. I guess I did. Well, yeah. congratulations, <laughs> yeah. well, Colin you. Bracewell.
1: You know, I said something when you were at Oak on the Water last week, and I, I fear that you took it the wrong way. I said, Colin Bracewell, have you ever heard a name that sounds more like it's from Downton Abbey? And, <laughs> yes, I, I do mean, remember that. Okay, well, but I mean, like, and it was not an insult, but I'm like, oh, uh, introducing a Colin Bracewell. I, <laughs> nice. it's just It has a very austere sound to yeah, it. Yes. And that wasn't an insult at all. It was meant to be a compliment. So you grew up there. At what point does Colin Bracewell decide? Because again, a lot of people I think harbor dreams, right? And mm-hmm. and even if you're good at something, it doesn't mean it's going to be your form of expression or that you're ever going to be successful at it. At some point you find music. When does music enter Colin's life?
3: Okay. Um, so back Back when I was in Canada, I started on the violin. Yeah. Um. So when I was four, and uh, you know, at, my cousin, at four, so yep, you had four. a musical family. Yeah. That's so pretty my cousin, young. Yeah. My cousin went to Juilliard for violin. Oh and, my. Um, my other cousin went to Michigan State for jazz drumming. My dad's a drummer. Um. Very very musical, which is. Great. Well, Huge I mean, because then it's around
1: you the whole time you're growing up. Yeah. So did you, and this begs a very interesting question, because it reminds me of that old adage of people playing piano, looking out the window longingly as their friends are playing baseball. Did you, <laughs> seriously, know. You know, having to do their lessons? It was just so great and so visual that I'm like, <laughs> <Whoa. and> just <laughs> rocking back and forth, I can see it now themselves. As you're plunking through <laughs> a, something by Bartok. Did you, <laughs> did you enjoy the intense musical... I mean, basically, no four-year-old's like, I want to play the violin. <laughs> it's brought to you by someone else. Did you enjoy it? Did you resent it? How did you first accept music in your life? I hated it. I'll bet.
3: Yeah. I um, I remember getting to the point... I mean, I hated it all the way up to high school. I, I remember a point where my mom was like, "Um, you're going to do this all the way to high school, and then it's up to you. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Um, And I actually... It wasn't that I didn't like music, it was just like I didn't like the violin, just because you it was the classic practice every half hour, you got Mm. the little egg timer and all
1: that. I took four years of viola, and I never turned in my practice records, which is why I was always last chair, (laughs) so I completely understand what you're talking about right now. But
3: then I I transitioned in eighth grade, I was like, I want to learn something else, so I decided to learn the saxophone, actually. Mm. And so I got super into jazz in high school, and I did jazz band and all that stuff, so it was like... I just got tired of the instrument that was like f- not
1: forced upon me, but like oh, it was forced know, it was, upon. Was just kind <laughs> of, go ahead, let it out. Let yeah, it out man. Don't listen this, to this, mom. This is, <laughs> this is a safe place. You can go ahead and let those feelings out here, Colin.
3: But looking looking back at it, obviously, I mean, I can still play the violin, and I actually use it on some of my songs, and um, yeah, it's super cool. It's just I I wanted to try something else, so I started on saxophone. Mm. And um,
1: who yeah. who is your favorite? To this day, even if we've never heard their name, obviously, once you become a fan of it and like the, the saxophone probably felt like this is my decision. So now I'm really into it. And you start exploring all the people out there that are the main proponents of it. Do you have a favorite saxophonist to this day?
3: Um, it's been a while, yeah. but I would say Coltrane is yeah. a good, mm. just, I'm not, not, bad. not I never bad. Was, I heard, I heard he it's was pretty, pretty, pretty basic. I heard, pretty, I heard he was but, not, pretty good, <laughs> but I think, there's nothing basic about Coltrane, <laughs> man,
1: <laughs> he might be the high watermark of the
3: entire <laughs> yeah. history
1: of that instrument. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, I, I loved, just because I sang all during this, I was in like musical theater and did all that stuff, and so, I wasn't, I was, I was fine, I was fine, but I wasn't like the Charlie Parker that was like, you know, right, right, all this right. stuff, but, what he did was he shaped every note that he played and every mm. phrase that he played, and um, I just could really relate to that as a singer. Um, and I got like critiqued that during like we had my senior year, we were at the Eau Claire Jazz Festival. Yeah, um, and prestigious that was just
2: Eau Claire Jazz Festival. Oh, it, it was so cool. We <laughs> yeah. um,
3: so we did that, and we actually played at the Pablo Arts Center, which is pretty new. It's like 2019 mm. was their first yeah. year. And um, our combo got first place, and uh, we got to play it on this. And they said, "Hey, like I love how you shape every single one of your phrases when you play
2: the saxophone." Can one. you and, tell like, the average that. non-music fan like what it means to shape a note? I know Brian knows, but I don't know if everybody else knows.
3: Yeah, what? it's just like it could either be dynamics, it could either be, um, I mean, you just got to
2: think of a phrase.
3: I,
4: I don't are you know. Kind I have sli- a hard well, time explaining Are you kind of it?
2: sliding in and out? of? I mean, instead of hitting the notes hard, I see shaping notes and phrases as kind of sliding into it and sliding out of it. Not mm-hmm. completely, but does that... Yeah. Properly yeah, that's, stated. Okay. That's, just... I just don't know the technical term on Yeah, because it's not really that. sliding. Anyway. That makes it sound like, woo. Yeah. You know? But I, <laughs> there is sliding. But, yeah. but I don't know that it's, <laughs> if there yeah. is an
1: actual technical term, because when you talk about shaping something, I think in music or even in speaking, Art, right? Yeah. I mean, any it, painting, whatever, <laughs> it's esoteric, right? So it might be hard to articulate but you for sure as hell know it when you see, see it, it, yep, hear it, hear it, feel it, it whatever, yep. and all of a sudden it's there. And if it moves other people, that's all that matters. You brought up something that I cannot wait to ask you about, but I hate to get too far into a show without hearing a little bit of somebody's music. So let's go ahead and hear a song by Colin Bracewell. Now, everybody who comes by has to pick music, and you picked this song by you. I want you to tell me the name of this song and why you chose this one and what it's about. Any, Give me the elevator speech, though. I don't want to hear five minutes on this song. <sighs> Tell me why this song, you wanted to start with it.
3: Yes. Um, so this song's called Slopes. Um, I put it out in April, and I wrote it when I was studying abroad in Vienna, Austria. And mm. um, it's just a different direction that I, I haven't gone in. And I when I was abroad, I was, I was gone for the fall semester, um, and I just wrote, like, I wrote like 25 songs when I was abroad, and I really just kind of wanted to find my sound and I'm still trying to find it um which I think is totally valid but um yeah this one this one was that and the cover art is me in uh the basement of a fraternity at the University of Minnesota
4: <laughs> keep on keep on flow little on, get on, your lies are pretty, But deep down, deep down, you're ready to go He's lost, so lost, so sentimental How hard was that fall? It hurt a little tender, so tender I'm turning away Hitting the slopes in the morning You're turning me up in the evening How can I sleep here without you And I probably should have warned you That I'm a mess Acting like I'm ready Will you take me home Before you can get me to confess Painting all these pictures of you I probably should have warned you
1: In the bio that you sent me, I'm not sure who the quote is, but it does have quotes around it. There are five simple words that say nostalgia, heartache, cheekbones, and triumph. And I I would I would be I would be disingenuous if I said that wasn't fucking spot on, man. That's Colin Bracewell. It's the Brian Oak Show episode two fifty five. That's great, and that song was great. You talked about studying abroad, right? Because you're still in. You just you completed your junior year. You're heading into it. I'm heading into my senior year. Heading into your senior year, and then oh, (laughs) you are fucked, my buddy. You are screwed. But you're probably not screwed because you seem to have the right attitude. You said you studied abroad, and where were you? In Vienna, Austria. And you said during that time, even though it was a semester, you wrote 25 songs. Now, do you write primarily on keys, on a guitar? Do you just have a notebook that you jot down ideas? How do you write when you write? Uh,
3: Definitely mostly guitar.
1: Um, Did you have a guitar with you in Vienna? Yeah, I actually
3: brought it. I brought my $3,000 Martin guitar abroad. um, And I actually ended up playing two shows when I was abroad. Now, see, that's brilliant. Yeah. But
1: also, like, I mean, you know how airlines treat... Instruments mute yeah. I mean like you have a i mean I, I know what a martin guitar means to the people who yes. play them there's nothing quite like it, right I mean, mm-hmm. and so the fact that you had the guts enough, I mean, did you hold it on your lap like a baby in the plane well, the problem- so it was great coming to Austria because yeah. we
3: we got a really great deal from Delta we got like i think it was like, oh, it was absurd' <laughs> it was like I booked it way in advance,, uh-huh. and it came to like five hundred dollars round trip what which is. Uh, like illegal Right It, it seems it, almost wrong What about
2: the Was the guitar in first class though Cause you gotta count that uh. <laughs> Well it was it actually one of the in lay down the, ones Yeah <laughs>
1: Exactly Yeah He would go up and tuck it in And then exactly. head back into coach yeah. it, was in, <laughs> it was in It was in You
3: know where the The stewardess or whatever They put their luggage Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in that Okay. So just like right in the front, right by the captains, whatever. But you had this, um, you had the this gorgeous, whatever.
1: beautiful guitar with you the entire time. And obviously you're studying and you're traveling and you're young and it's exciting to be in Europe. But you're also, you can't stop writing. Is that is, is that part of your daily process? Like you just can't ever divorce yourself entirely from the notion of writing or creating? Or does it come in giant waves and then vanish entirely?
3: <laughs> um, a little bit of both. I think it's a good, not coping but but something along those lines, like, you know, when you're abroad, you have a bunch of new experiences. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and a lot of times when, you know, in Minnesota, you're like seven hours apart. Um, you can't always talk to that, you know, best friend or, you know, girlfriend or whatever. That's, right. you know, that's living special at home. Someone. Yeah. And so I've just resulted to that. And I think I've always done that with songwriting. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of how that happened.
1: But So the equivalent for me would be, since I have no musical ability, is when I stand there and I realize I've been talking to myself in the mirror in the bathroom for 40 minutes. Self-help, self-care, self-awareness, working through thoughts, working yeah. through feelings. And then I'm like, if there's someone standing behind me right now, they are going to have me committed because I'm insane. As opposed to you, where it's like, again, cheekbones, guitar, it's all coming together. You mentioned earlier when you were growing up um, the the instrument part of it begrudging at first and much more enthusiastic later on but you did make reference because the singing part i really want to focus on because obviously you're a skilled songwriter and the composition there was fantastic sean was mentioning that the the horn and everything sounded very good but you did make a very passing glancing reference to being in musical theater when you were younger and i want to ask you the very first musical theater production if it's something that we would recognize that you were in, because I happen to be not only a musical theater fan, but also a musical theater veteran. <laughs> Come oh, on really? That. Well, I mean, nothing too amazing, all right? I was Merlin in Camelot, and I was Paul Carnes in Oklahoma. So we're talking old school. Do you remember anything nice. you did in musical theater?
3: I'll do the first and last production that I was in.
1: Go on. So the
3: first one I was in, I was five. Five. At the time, no judgment, Um, man. But this is a safe space, Colin. (laughs) This is a safe space,
1: (laughs) except that everyone's listening.
3: (laughs) I was in the Aristocats, (gasps) and I was Berlioz. So I was in, I was a little five-year-old, bit wow. chubby five-year-old yeah. in this cat, black cat costume. Oh, my gosh. And I didn't know how to act, so I just like stood there,
1: <laughs> said my lines with these little ears. Yeah, and- but there was singing involved, right? <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal with the Aristocats. Um, my daughter was at the right age. She didn't love all the old Disney stuff we showed her, but we showed her that. And so when a child is that age, they want to see something 75 times. Yes. 500 yes. times. I've seen the Aristocats, oh, my God, O'Malley, I mean, so many times, Uh, and so I know exactly who Berlioz is, right? Uh, That's brilliant. And then the last one you were in? I was in Guys and Dolls, and
3: I was Sky Masterson. Right on. that was in high school. Yep.
1: Oh, so you were that guy. I was that guy. You were the guy who ran the whole show. Like, everyone's like... Shit, that's Sky Masterson. Yeah, man. it was it was actually pretty brutal. I um, so I was a freshman when it happened,
3: and uh, the yeah, I don't want to go too into it. Let's just say that I totally stole the role from someone that was a senior, and then they worked really hard to get it. I felt like we were
1: on the verge of a brilliant, but story it felt good. There. That is hard when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really yeah, hard. Yeah, and yeah. musical
2: theater, which I did as well, or sports. When you take somebody else's position, that's an upperclassman. It is not they don't really care for that happened oh. to me in speech which i think yes. they now
1: call forensics yes i kind of bumbled into it just because i like jabbering and i had a deep voice and yeah, you're good at that I, but thank you <laughs> thanks colin no, appreciate yeah. that you know and you have i, have want, I future, want more brand. of that i want more of that <laughs> <laughs> anyway um no in 10th grade uh the guy who was the senior and yes. the expected favorite i beat him out to go to state and he was oh. not cool about it yeah not cool yep. but but again what did i ever end up doing with it anyway nothing. It's not like you did something with speaking. (sighs) It's the Brian Oak show. Before we continue with Colin Bracewell, we are going to continue with Sean Bernard. Sean, it is summertime and the living's easy. Unless of course you're in the real estate game, which you are. Edina Realty, 50th in France location. I know that interest rates are creep, creep, creeping up. And so that's going to slow things down a little bit, but I'm guessing I'm no expert, which is why I turn to you. I'm guessing that it's still chaotic as hell out there.
2: It's slowed down. Has it, it really? It's actually slowed down. Yeah, I'm I'm still kind of wrapping up some things that I've been working on over the next, uh, and I will be over the next month, but then it looks like it's going to be a little slower after that. The thing I've been trying to tell people is that, yes, the rates have gone up. We all know that. But what, what's not happening anymore is you're not seeing people going in $40,000 over asking price. And so if you kind of look at that math and say, well, yeah, before I was getting a three and a half four percent 4% interest rate, now it's 6 at least I'm not having to go in and pay forty thousand dollars over asking. You might be right. able to get it at market value, maybe even a little bit uh, below that. And so, if you really are looking to move, you can still move, and you can still make it happen. And the other thing that we did uh, back in the day when I paid six point eight seven five for my interest right. is about a year and a half later, the rates dropped, and we went down to four point two on a refi. So you can always do that down the road. If you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. And I uh, donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician, just like our friend Colin here.
1: So you're telling me that if someone said, I want to sell my house and I want that portion to go to Colin Bracewell, we could continue to fund his extravagant... University of Minnesota Lifestyle. Is that That's what you're exactly telling me right, now? right. We could maybe huh. pay
2: for one of his books with the amount maybe.
1: of the donation. <laughs> A used copy. All right, yeah, not, exactly the, right. not the new copies. Exactly. I, remember, I know how that game works right there. Colin, we are going to find out what your summer looks like. And I know you got gigs coming up. I know you have a gig tonight, uh, and I want to find out more about your music. I want people to know where to find you, where to see you, all of those things. But before we do that, let's make sure that they're getting their money's worth and not wasting their time and hear another one of your songs. How do you feel about that? Let's do it. Tell me about this next song. It's called Why. Why, Colin? Why?
3: Uh, This one came out a little over a year ago. Um, Wrote it, actually, about my trip up to the Boundary Waters. If you guys have ever been up there. Oh my gosh.
1: I used to go twice a year for more than 20 years. Where'd you go in?
3: Um, we went. Did you go into uh, E or did you, the Gunflint Gun Trail? Trail. <sighs> yep.
1: Did you go all the way up to the very end, Lake Sag? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I You know what? I'm doing, I'm busting your chops and it's not fair. But you went, the Gunflint is about as far north as you can go before you get into Canada.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We So we go in from Little Moray yeah. or whatever. And then I think like an hour from that is the border. I yeah. Th- I think it's pretty close. But exactly. I forget the route that we took. Um, but there was like American point or so. I don't know. We had to do like five portages and all this stuff.
1: But for, for people who haven't been like, I mean, there are parts you can go that have motorized portages or you can literally just put in and you're in the boundary waters. You head up to the end of the gun flint And we used to go on the most aggressive portage portages I've ever been on in my life where the canoe is up on your shoulders, yep. your pack and everything you eat and everything you own is on your back. It's an aggressive, you know, aggressive is the wrong word. It's a very challenging experience, but then when you get up there, you can go days at a time without yeah. seeing another living human other than the people in your party, and it's church, man. It, that, that There's nothing like that place, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about the song. I didn't mean to derail No, you know. no, you're I just, good. I, I got I, I excited because I haven't been in a few years. Yeah, man. you got to go
3: back. Yeah. Oh. Um, we yeah so this was about that and literally we had two of my friends had a huge falling out like halfway through our <laughs> 5 day trip. Oh no. Oh no. And um yeah oh no. we we just had to kind of yeah head home. I don't know it was just it was wasn't good and so this song is about that experience.
4: <laughs> Why don't you listen to me? So Shamed of what you've made me Can't recall why I'm upset and bruised
0: Hey,
4: It's aching for you Can't recall why I'm obsessed with you So tell Be ourselves, but everything is not ourselves. I don't know why you hide away each day or any day. Can't you just let it go? Oh, oh. It's not that you've seen me through so much before Yet you still ignore
1: Colin Bracewell is our guest on The Brian Oak Show, and that's his his song right there. Why? We were just talking about the Boundary Waters and the thought of getting into an impossibly deep fight when you're literally in the middle of the wilderness. Oof. Colin, (laughs) do you have a crew around you? I mean, like, it feels like there's a lot going on there, and it doesn't mean that you're not capable of creating everything that we're hearing right there, Mm -hmm. but generally, most people, not all, but many, many artists that I know have... A right-hand man or woman, or a particular crew that they rely on when it's time to create—is it—is it just you, or do you have uh, do you have a right hander, or or some people around you that you lean heavily on? Well, my
3: my band has been pretty pretty great. Um, so I got a trumpet player, bassist, and drummer. Um, and so for slopes, that was the song that you heard two songs ago. Right. Um, that one, they all recorded their stuff live and on their instruments and everything. Um, and then for that song, why I actually worked on that with, um, a local artist, Thomas Aban, um, who just played at the turf club.
1: Wow. Actually. wow.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he's a huge, um, inspiration has really kind of been, um, a big mentor in my life, just like not only with music, but just like you know, trying to figure out the next strategy, like, oh, should I even play the 7th Street entry, you know, mid-July, or, you know, when should I put out the next EP or whatever, so he, he helped with that, and he also helped with my EP that I put out um, last September, um, Valley, and he's just He's so great. And well, he he's, also... he's
1: brilliant, because I've seen him live twice, yeah. and he's one of those people that comes along. I remember hearing his name for the first time a few years ago, and he's, everyone's raving and speaking about him in hushed, reverential tones, Yeah, and you're like, okay, settle down, and then you go see him, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Again, what were we talking about before? Was it called touch? Was it called feel? What were we using? Uh, about notes. Um
3: You just feel it, you just... uh, No, 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 shaping, Shaping. thank you. You You want to talk
1: about creating a shape. Yeah, That guy knows about creating a shape, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about, you have a ton of gigs coming up, well, at least some gigs coming up, Uh, and I want to tell people where to find your music, but before we do that, do you enjoy the studio process, or would you really rather be out there playing it live, or do they both have their value to you? And I don't think there's a wrong answer here, I'm just curious.
3: Yeah, I think... I mean, I I went on tour for the first time um, this past June. I went from the 2nd to... I think our last show was on the 18th or 19th.
1: What was the single worst moment of that tour? <laughs> oh, um, Say it out loud and do not hide anything from us. You give it up right now, Mr. Bracewell. Yes.
3: So the second leg of tour, um, my family, who I love, yeah, um, they wanted to come down to Nashville with us. So Why not? we decided to take the RV okay. and um, drive 12 hours down to Nashville. <laughs> um, Together. Yep. <yeah, laughs> packed, packed seven of us in a, oh in a tight oh. RV and it was like over. 100 degrees everywhere we went and um there's no ac in the rv i mean i'm saying like outside oh right i got you i got it was really hot down there yeah yeah um and that was just an experience and it it, it got hard sometimes you know just because it was just 24 7 i mean it was five days of just like everyone together
1: you didn't get like the back bedroom or anything like I'm the star. Nope, here. The, the no, nope, that was for That's the parents. For the parents. <laughs> what a good boy you are. Yeah. Good for you. So yeah. you went on tour uh, just to, again, quickly. Do you like the live thing or would you uh, yes. do you like being in the studio?
3: I, I love it when I go to the studio, create something and then perform it live. And right. then I get people. So that big, you know, side thing was our first show. Our first out of state show was in Eau Claire, uh-huh. Wisconsin. And, it was so cool because there were only there were only about fifteen people that came, which you know, it's fine. Uh, but it was probably one of my favorite shows just because everyone knew slopes and they were like, "When are you going to play slopes? Oh, right? Let's hear cool. that." And so when I sang it, I looked at the audience and everyone was mouthing the words and singing along, and I just that's probably one of the best feelings you can never feel.
1: Well, and, and again, for anybody who doesn't understand what it's like to be an up-and-comer, or yeah. it, no matter how big your favorite band ever got, unless they were related to a major record executive they had to do the same thing you, you i mean seriously though you go through the grind 15 people that time next time 45 people next time 100 people and they're going to be mouthing the words man and that's I, I i'm jealous because i know that feeling when i've gone to see a band and sean knows it too yes you're one of 25 people in the audience and you know every fucking word to that your uh, favorite song and you're begging them to play that song
2: we interview a lot of artists here obviously and the thing that i that resonates with me is that they, a lot of them have said, I would rather have 15 people that get it than 75 people who are not paying attention to me at all that are leaning forward and looking and mouthing the words and doing that sort of thing. Yeah. So never forget those days of the beginning of looking out at people that get it. And i appreciate you, so that's so cool.
1: The summer's out in front of us, and before we talk about the dates that you're going to be playing and what else you might have coming up this summer, I mean, you've really sort of come of age in a very unusual time, right? Like COVID. I mean, like, obviously, you were a young man before that, but then you go to college and you're like, I am a musician, and I'm good at it, and I'm going to keep doing it, and fuck you, you're staying home for two years. (laughs) I mean, seriously, the world has not been normal that's got to be aggressive. Does it feel good to be getting back out there?
3: Yeah. I mean, I will say that these past two years, though, like I, I um, just these past two years, I've just I've taken music a lot more seriously and I've been really able to get a lot of really cool opportunities. And I I mean, that's partly due to COVID, I think. Um, and so it's just it's. It's pretty crazy the amount that we've been able to accomplish just in these two years.
1: Well, And now you've you've filled the hopper, if you will, loaded the clips, and now you're ready to get out there. You just went on tour, but you've got some shows for those of us here in the Upper Midwest. Yeah, what do you got coming up?
3: Uh, So tonight, um, we are actually playing at—it's actually a fundraiser. So my brother's special needs, Mm -hmm. and um, there's this program um, called the Valley Friendship Club, um, and they're based in Stillwater, and they're doing this fundraiser at— uh, Liftbridge Brewery, which is in mm-hmm. Stillwater. Yep. Um, and it's this thing called Townie Tuesday. And I think it's put on by Liftbridge. So it's like every week or every month or something, they have a new organization that they support. So this this time it's the Valley Friendship Club. right? Um, and so we're playing there tonight. Um, and then the next big show, I mean, we are playing at Franconia um, July 9th in the morning. Have you been to Franconia before? I have.
1: Okay. I mean, Franconia is cool as shit, Oh, it's man. so cool. It's, it's an amazing. Where is it? I
3: haven't been there. The Franconia Sculpture Garden? It's about forty-five minutes north of Stillwater. Exactly,
1: I don't know about it. it, it. So it's it's this. It basically, essentially, is a giant open field with sculptures that tower into the sky. Or, like, there's the whole boombox sculpture right there when you first yeah. walk in. Oh, this is such a vibe. I might know yeah. what you're talking but about. But they also, like, they've got this whole scrap heap towards the back where, like, this weekend we're going to put on a seminar on how to make a giant metal man that reaches <laughs> 80 feet high. We're or Fran- <laughs> i going is very, I mean, and they've also got cool lots of community projects and stuff. So you got a gig there coming yep. up? So we got, A morning we got the, uh, gig. A morning gig. And then that night we're at um, First Ave 7th Street Entry mm. um, for our seminar second headline show you've played Seventh street entry before and you sold it out i've been into sold out shows at the entry here's what i like about a room that size um i don't necessarily like having other people sweat on me and in the era of covid i don't know if i need their hot breath on my neck but i've been in that room and it's a thing that i call critical mass right a show doesn't have to be sold out but if you get enough people there to propel the energy mm-hmm. to the next level, where it's bouncing back and forth so quickly between the performer and the performees, um, that critical mass, the entry is an exceptional room for that. you got to be excited about oh, that.
3: Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, we had so much and fun last is that? time. That is July 9th. All right. Um, and we're actually having- well, that's just a week and a half away. I know. It's coming up. Well, I hope <laughs> you,
1: you better have your fucking chops yeah, up, yeah, Rachel. All yeah. right.
3: No, it's, it's been really cool We're we actually, a big goal of mine that I've just always had is um, trying to get a, like a sponsor for the show, and so we're actually getting Radio K to sponsor it, and we're actually also getting Surly Brewery. Oh my Sur- gosh, yeah, they're both and for you. Yeah, so just so cool, and it's so awesome to have that support too.
1: Just quick shout out to both Radio K, where I got my career started, 1993. Whoa. Uh, no, I was the first DJ on Radio K no. uh, in the morning, I absolutely was. Uh, uh, shout out to Radio K and to Surly, there are lots of other cool local things that could use sponsorship yeah there sure are i mean podcasts or whatever whatever you're into (laughs) just saying you know i mean go ahead and promote local musicians great people like colin bracewell but i mean you know (laughs) episode 255 of the brian oak show it's never too late to start looking cool Hmm. um if people want to find out more of your music if people would like to know what is ground zero for the music of colin bracewell and what might be lying in store for the future what's the number one place for them to go
3: um, well, if you're into websites, you can go to colinbracewell.com. dot com.
1: I understand the internet's something of a game changer. Colin, is that true? Yeah. Is that yeah. I know uh, you're
3: you're still trying to figure that out. I remember future- social media, you, right? How
1: future- dare <laughs> you? Social media. I'm not on Instagram. I, I am technically because yeah. I'm required to by my job. <laughs> Instagram's a pain in the ass and TikTok is the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen but you <laughs> gotta do it gotta no do I it. don't have to do anything Colin I'm <laughs> you my own have man to I, it, I, I gotta Colin. do it yeah, yeah, you, you have to do it, it. you yes, wanna make it this I do choice <laughs> luckily I'm already drifting out into the sunset Colin <laughs> um, what's is there dot colinbracewell.com yes yeah. there is okay and that's that's like, not
2: the Downton Abbey one. No. Okay. No, that's the other one. Okay. <laughs>
1: Mr. Bracewell, I must protest.
3: <laughs> um and then Instagram, we got Colin Bracewell. Um technically I'm on Twitter, but yeah. I don't really do we, that. It.
1: Only to it's already only to over DM for Twitter, you, actually. I know. I, sorry, yeah, I mean you're telling me the Twitter's already over, right? Yeah. My job requires Twitter. I can't I can't quit you, Twitter. I can't quit you. Hmm. Colin, I hope you have a great gig this evening. Thank you. Uh, I hope it raises a tremendous amount of money for your brother and all yeah. the other people that benefit from the organization. Shout out to Chad Bracewell. All right, Chad nice. Bracewell. Chad. Let's go ahead and dedicate, I, I'll except a lot of swearing. Is he going to be offended by all the swearing I've done? No. Okay, no. then That's a just... shout out to Chad Bracewell Tri-level and um, yeah. I hope you enjoy the evening. It looks like a gorgeous evening out there. The sun has come out. Stillwater's gorgeous. In fact, we're there on Thursday for my next radio-related oh, gig. Yeah. So, um, although the brother-sister duo of Dury just posted they had Fucking COVID oh, on no. Twitter. Yeah. You wouldn't know that because you've moved beyond Twitter now. You're probably on something that I've never even heard of before. No,
3: little little sidetrack, Dury actually played with us at the last Seventh Street Entry show. Really? So they actually opened for me. And now look at them. <laughs> well, See? they're taking off. So One it's never so knows. Cool.
1: Well, and after an appearance on the Brian Oak Show podcast, who knows what the future holds yeah. for Colin Bracewell? All right, <laughs> uh, but seriously, man, it's been great to meet you. And I wouldn't have invited you on if I didn't hear something in your voice when you were singing when we were together last Thursday. I wish good things for you, man. I think there's yeah. a, I think you had a bright future, and if not, at least you're gonna have a fucking degree to fall back on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. More yeah. two. two degrees. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Of <laughs> <frickin' Yeah. up. laughs> Bracewell phd ms whatever the all the letters that come afterwards um but seriously good luck we're gonna let you go uh we gotta wrap things up but you have one more song for us and tell me about this song and then we're gonna call it a day yeah this one's called not today why not um, today
3: oh I, I i don't know this one's about Ooh. no this one's about um just Satan? keep on going this one's not about you know the classic girlfriend situation this oh. one's about keep on going with music um and this was i actually wrote this i went to la last year and it referenced that and it's just like you just got to keep going you know and and everyone's like you got to go to la to do this or that you know and it's just like well you just you don't have to do any of that you can make the most with what you have and especially in the twin cities um it's it's great here um so this song's from that and this off my valley ep that i put out in september
4: Can it be? Can it be so close? I can see this all can I fall. I've had dreams, I know they'll never be reality. But I can see It's all going out for me Just today just to be sure it's crazy how in l just you and your boy how could that be reality? And when you're lost, I'm able to sing along, just know I'm here for you, we can work it all right through, just Not today